0: Welcome to episode 672 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Righto, Tim, welcome along to episode 672. John, we're back in the studios. It's
1: good to be back, you guys. Just business as usual for you guys. We haven't been here for over a month. It's been more than a month, isn't it, is not it? At least. Yeah. yeah. creep as You had Hawaii? I'm in Hawaii. How'd your race go? Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Bevan, how's Bali? I've got a good tan.
0: Nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A good tan. Well, you can't see it because I'm back in Christchurch. Any peeling? No. I did. Oh, did you? Mm. Oh, amateur. You, you don't get burnt as much in Bali. Mm. Like one day I'd... Sp- Quite a bit of time by the pool. Mm. Forgot to put block on. I was a bit burnt the next day, but not like New Zealand burn. Not not like red rooster burn.
1: Yep. Yeah, we so. had a few red roosters in Hawaii.
0: Did you? Mm. Okay. Uh, Iron Talk is proudly put to you by
1: Extreme Insurance, Dick Buffer, and our patrons. Let's name a few jumbo. Alan the Ferris Ferret Hodgson. We've got Richie Swaney Noah
0: or Speedwalker Swan and Peter the Explosion Curry. Richie. I, I just call him Richie. Richie. Yeah, have you ever been watching right the now? World Cup? Cricket Yeah Oh is he over there I think so Oh that's a good Have you been watching it mm. Highlights Did you watch the Caps the other day Against it? Highlights Oh mate That was exciting sport. The Windies Do you know a- what John? A-
1: Australia And England We're coming for you
0: Wow! the good news is we're, we're leading, we uh-huh. are the champions right now, let's yeah. just call the tournament
1: off Pause <laughs>
0: We win, we are the champions uh, And lastly we have uh, Peter the Explosion Curry I already said that but that's okay Okay. In uh, this week's show we've got some news, we've got a hot topic of the week, we've got a website of the week, we've got a th- an interview
1: uh, It's an exciting week, Pevin. and so I thought last week while you're away I'll get ahead of the game that And I uh, did an interview with Torsten uh, regarding
0: How's Kona going to be different this year?
1: Not drastically, as you'll hear, in terms of the, the top big owners, but I think what we're going to see is quite a bit of change over the next few weeks in terms of people qualifying with roll-downs and stuff. Is this because
0: all the people who have kind of got the wins are out of the way?
1: Yeah, well, it's the, the, it, in some races it's rolling quite a long way down, you know, in terms of, uh, like at, at Frankfurt this weekend, First three have already got their slots, i have got to validate, so it's first slot's going to fourth, and I think fourth uh, seed is Joe Skipper, and he's got a slot as well. So then it goes to fifth, and it starts to roll. Like in Cairns, Els Visser on the female side, it rolled all the way to her, and she was sixth in the females, and there was only seven that finished, I think. Anyway, so we're talking about that, but we're also talking about um, Frankfurt, which is coming up this weekend, which is, I'm almost more excited about that than Kona.
0: Well, before we get into that, John and you may talk about this with Thorsten Um, it's interesting because no one's really known how to play the game this year but it'll be interesting to see next year as athletes look at the year and they go okay well by this time of the year most guys are going to have slots this is a better race for me to turn up for if you're second tier
1: second tier definitely first tier just seems to be they're going to get there they're going to get there but second tier is definitely um, yeah a bit of luck in the game
0: Okay John, good times rock and roll, we've got some questions and answers, wing wanger of the week, and we've got, well we're not going to do the interviews till next week. So this week John, the big news was, this young upstart, you may have heard of him, Alistair Brownlee, decided to do an Ironman.
1: I know, it's crazy, so we haven't talked about this on the show over the last weeks, because we'll be uh, it didn't get announced, he just did this random announcement. So there was no, there was no PR beforehand? Oh there was beforehand, but only maybe couple of weeks maybe maybe okay. maybe three So whether or not how seriously he took the training it, it, he's very um cagey about what he's doing and i mean I, th- I think he doesn't quite know what he's doing but very cagey in terms of whether he's actually trained for this or whether he just thought screw it i'm just going to go out there and, and see how it goes um the real d- what we take out of this is he won the race alistair Brownley won ironman cork and did um, never swim didn't have a swim. Uh, what we're going to take out of it is whether he's an Ironman contender. He certainly showed that it was a good solid race. Didn't really have a lot of competition. The, the problem was uh, Marino van Holnacker was racing. He pulled out early on uh, just, I think, because it was freezing. And also, originally, Brent McMahon was down on the list. And if you had a few more guys like that Push him. to actually measure and say you you're onto it or not uh it would have been slightly better but still he did the distance and he won and he got uh tested by Brian McCrystal on the bike who he made 8000 sorry
0: he made 8000 bucks I know. He'd be I, loving it.
1: I know. Uh, so just a few things on the day. This was the first Ironman Cork. Uh, the swim got cancelled. And for the pros, they were starting them. It's a stupid starting I know system. I was it. Um, it was every 30 seconds, I think, they were starting a pro. And so the problem this created was when you're looking at the athlete tracker, it didn't give you a representation oh. of how the race was. So... There was two th- and this and the, I only watched a tiny bit of the live coverage, but it seemed like Greg Welsh and stuff were looking at the tracker and taking those times where, in fact, they weren't correct at all. And then on the blog, you're seeing this other set of times. So Brownlee was actually sitting in second, a couple of minutes off when I was watching, but the tracker was saying he was seven minutes down uh. because of where he'd started. So I just think surely you should have a contingency plan, at least for the pros. What's the better way of doing it then? having a bit of a duathlon so it might be yeah and they have done that at other races but have a 5k run first whether or not you take that off the some of that off the final run i know it's not possible might not be practical to have two thousand age groupers running 5k because they'll be pretty tight coming in and then you have all sorts of palaver. but from a pro perspective um yeah it was did uh, they
0: start them at the same time of the day
1: oh they're a bit late they were 7:30. I think they were like an hour maybe or half an hour later than what okay. I was supposed to be. So that made it quite hard to watch and, and again I only watched a little bit so I'm not being too critical of the coverage um, but I was just seeing age groupers on the course and I wasn't actually seeing the pro race and I will say the age group biking that I saw was miserable all over the bloody road, blocking, I was like give that dude a penalty <laughs> and then there was a few guys drafting and you go and you can see your race number, somebody's going to pull you up after the race for being a drafting bloody cheat. Anyhow, Brownlee took it out uh, and he got absolutely tailed up on the bike by Brian McChrystal who just drilled it um, and managed to finish in second place. He rode 436. This is Brian McChrystal compared to Alistair Brownlee's 449. Um, That is not electric pace. The course, um, looking at the course map, it was 180.5 kilometres. Uh, had 1,892 metres of climbing so that's a lot of climbing. I think that What probably slowed it down so much is just the poor conditions, lots of twists and turns so uh, yeah that's why the times were slow because the females times weren't any real big hitters there but they're riding like five and a half hours uh, so it is not a fast course in the shitty weather. And then Brownlee ran a 2 hours 51 to come home and win by four minutes, I thought it was initially only a couple of minutes that he won by so Brian McChrystal was second, Marcus Tomsky was in third place and on the female side, Emma Beelin, she won, it was a dojo domination, Bevan, 29 minute win. Wow. She did have to pass Anya Ipach, who was leading off the bike uh, and I saw the pass on the run and Lindsay Corbin um, must have pulled out on the run as well. So tough old day for the pros and the age groupers alike, cool thing about it. As Brownie's going to Kona.
0: Well, in and, and the PR release set that got sent out is he basically uh, he was really realistic about his expectations for Kona. That was one of the reasons I came today. I've hopefully got a few more years of me and now I'll be going to Kona this year for very much a bit of a learning experience and to see how it goes. And that's the really big question, is it? You we, know, we know his pedigree but we haven't seen him as pedigree in long course. Mm. Um, this is his first experience. Now, obviously half, he's a decent, he's probably good but it is a different game. Um, this it's hard to really kind of take much from this performance, isn't it?
1: And that's kind of what's cool about it. You don't know yeah. what he's going to do. Whereas with Gomez, when he went in uh, last year, we knew that he drilled it in Ken's. Yes, he got beaten by Braden Curry, but you're going, right, he can actually go right here. Yep. Ended up he didn't. But with Brownlee, you're like, oh, I don't know, what are you are going to do here? What you know... Kind of what I predict with Brownlee is, of course, he's going to be there after the swim with Fredino and that, and I'm sure he's not going to get dropped on the bike, maybe by a wharf or something like that, but he's probably not going to let Jan Fredino and that out of his sights, so pretty sure he'll be, be with the main contenders off the bike, and then it'll just come down to whether he can handle it on the run. It's going to be cool, really, oh, really cool.
0: It, it's such a cool dimension to add to this year's race, isn't it? Mm. Like this year's race is pretty cool anyway, but, um, but the thing is, one of the things we know about Brownlee as an athlete, and one of the things we admire and works really well in short course, is he's an aggressive athlete. And he plays his cards with, and, and it becomes because he, he kind of knows, he, well, at least in previous times, he knows he's the best guy out there. So mm-hmm. he can kind of play his cards, like in the Olympic race, when he didn't need to be attacking at the front of the pack, mm-hmm. but he just kept laying it on the front, because he kind of knew, I'm going to run away from you guys. Oh, yeah. So his attitude and in, in kind of in a persona as an athlete is that, mate I'm going balls out and you guys mm. good luck with you if you can stay with me we've seen a lot of guys in short course come over to Ironman and mm. that never worked out and so is he really saying you know he's saying hey, I'm, I'm learning experience see how it goes build the future kind of thinking is that really realistic to expect he would do that
1: I reckon he's either getting it first or nowhere yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah it's kind of that it's isn't all it? or nothing uh, and so yeah wouldn't be surprised to see him run a 235 and just drill everybody wouldn't be surprised would you to pick him su- sorry Mm, I probably wouldn't, no, just it's a gamble, it's a big gamble uh, and the way, if, if he was still smoking it like he had been with those initial 70.3s and been really consistent, then I, yes I would but he's been up and down like a yo-yo uh, over the last 12 to 15 months. So Has he been racing much ITU recently? Yeah he got spanked at Leeds uh, and he certainly does, he, And he's had a couple other races where he won Won the European Champs, which it's a big deal, but compared to the way that he used to win, he's he's not the force that he once was. So, yeah, wouldn't be surprised if he wins, wouldn't be surprised if he explodes, but it, he's going to add an interesting element to well, it'll it. Well, will be
0: interesting to look five years into the future with this one, because, you know, is he going to be a Lessing, or is he going to be mm. a bit more like a Frodo? You know, because he's a legend in our sport anyway, but if mm. he makes a transition, and, you know, goes on and becomes a successful Ironman champion you got to take out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Righty-ho. So uh, we also had the 70.3. Uh, we've got loads of results to go through, but uh, this was last weekend: 70.3 European Championships. Gomez, for a change, actually got beaten. Oh. Uh, he got beaten by Rudolf Van Berg on the bike, who he rode a 201 to G- Gomez's 205. And Gomez came home with a 107.45 on the run. Holy crap. Uh, got within 11 seconds uh, to finish second. So Rudolf Van Berg took that out. Helio Gomez. He. Uh, he He's an American guy, I think he did a little bit of short course, I don't know too much about him either, but I know he has been spanking it. Uh, Holly Lawrence uh, just keeps on winning, I think that's her third regional championship, and I think her, she's just she's back on top, so good to see. Um, we also When have, we're away. When we're away.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, I kind of loosely kept my eye on this race when I was in um, Bali, and uh, I was, jeez, Brandon, it was awesome.
1: Ironman Kinsbey Bevan's talking about. Yeah. Uh, Braden Curry almost got the Dojo domination, won by ni- ni- round about 19 minutes ahead uh, of Tim Tim Van Berkel and uh, David Dallow. Mike Phillips, the thinking man that he is, kept going. Uh, he had he had challenges on the bike. I think he had a puncture or whatever, but he ended up being completely out of it. Decided to keep going. Did a 10:39, but finished in eighth place uh, out of nine uh, to take home $2,000. Must get some money. Might as well if you're going over there. Just jog around and collect a paycheck. Uh, Teresa Adam, fantastic result. Turned down her Kona slot again, second Why? time. Doesn't want to go because, you know, it's a big financial investment. And look, this is what frustrates me is you see Teresa Adam spanking it here. She and won like, it last and, and, year. And she
0: beat, like, quality. It wasn't, quality, Phil. Yeah, that's, that's a quality thing, like, time. It wasn't like she was beating Muppets. You know,
1: like, she really, you know... Um, Sally Crowley, you know these are these are top athletes. At to eight forty eight, and you compare that to the guys' times, you know she she would have finished fifth in the guys' race. Yeah, uh, so very and impressive. Made,
0: now the thing is, you say financial commitment. She made thirty k US on this race.
1: Yep, but you go to Kona and you might spend.
0: But you can do you can do Kona in five k. Yeah.
1: But anyway, New regardless, whether why, why or why she's not going, she's not going and she turned it down for the second time. What's frustrating for me is you see her finish and she's wearing a plain black pair of plain black tri-suit and you're just like, that's, su- that's what sucks about being in New Zealand. You don't really have those links to the, you know, to potentially big sponsors. How did she go to New Zealand? Uh, she was on the podium, I think, she was she second or third or something like that? you kind of win. I win
0: New Zealand to get recognition here, don't you?
1: Well, didn't she win it the year before, or is she second there as well? Anyway, she's just cane She's been very consistent, had a pretty poor, uh don't, don't recall where she got in Kona, but I don't think it was great. Anyhow, just a bit disappointing that well, she's to make Well,
0: the thing is, is her it. pedigree is top five. Mm. You know, she could have a top five in Kona. Yeah. And, and you're saying money, but athletes should back themselves. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like if you're a pro, mm-hmm. top ten, you're gonna get enough to make you pay pay yourself. And maybe
1: there. another reason. Maybe she's pregnant. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> 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 Came out so I ran Kansas on, and uh, that was a few weeks ago. Obviously, I Man Boulder was also a few weeks ago. But um, we
0: just go back to our Ken's Curry, that was great because we had a lot of pressure on him going to that race.
1: Oh yeah, and he just kept on going and keep running away from the field. He just had a, it was awesome. Well done, Brad. Because like <laughs> we won him in Kona,
0: and like, and if he hadn't got there, sure he probably would have got there ourselves else, elsewhere, but. I'm sure the t- trajectory of his year meant he wanted to be qualified by now. Mm. So good on you, Braden.
1: Uh, in Boulder, we had Matt Hanson take it out in front of Kenneth Pearson and uh, Timothy O'Donnell. And then uh, female side, Lauren Brandon. Pretty sure she did. Yeah, she, she beat all the fellas out of the swim. She swam 48-43. Uh, she beat out Leslie Smith and uh, Danielle Mack. And then we also had, uh, this was, was a while ago, but we should still give it some love because we haven't mentioned it on the show, Freddie Van Laird took out Lanzarote um, a few weeks ago on the male side and Nikki Bartlett took out the females in 9.59.10, the only female to go under the 10 hour barrier.
0: Okay, so one other piece of news around uh, and, uh, these sorry, races. One
1: other one, uh, Man Brazil was also oh, on sorry. while we were away. Andy Potts took that out in front of uh, Will Clark and Frank Silverstrand. And then on the female side, Sarah Pampiano, did do a dojo domination, winning by 23 minutes over Pamela Oliveira and Bruna Ma. So the
0: 2019 edition of the Ironman Boulder will mark the end of the full distance race in Boulder. And it's interesting, this race never really took off, did it? Yeah. Because you kind of think, you know, everyone talks about the the capital of the world of triathlon and how it's the big mecca of triathlon, and um, it never really drew a good feel, did it?
1: Well, it was okay, field. I think the, the challenge it had it's always it's in the busy part of the season where a lot of people, uh, a lot of the pros in the states will have done maybe Texas or the North American Championships, wherever that might have been, or they might be getting ready for um, Frankfurt or one of the European races. So unless they threw a huge amount of money at it, uh, it was probably always going to be a bit of a challenge. Um, and I suppose you know you, you do say it's the the, the real Mecca uh, of triathlon, but well, that's, that's what it, they say. Yeah, th- no, it is. And if there's lots of triathletes there, me personally, I'd rather travel for a big race than actually do my hometown race. I'd still like to maybe do it. But oh, you do if, it, if, wouldn't you? If, if we had an Ironman in Christchurch and we had an Ironman somewhere else in New Zealand that was um, maybe a little bit more iconic of a course... I'd probably rather travel and make a bit of a trip out of it than, do your, than just do your local but one uh, on the but same roads. But I wonder
0: if, if this has been pulled off because of the numbers of the age group race. Oh, uh, most definitely, I'm yeah, sure it and is. so that's interesting as well because you say travelling to a race. Well, mm. if you're in America...
1: True. Yep, you travel to Boulder today. Of course, because mm. it's
0: like, you know, like everyone wants to go and train in Boulder. Mm. You know, like when I was doing it, I was like, oh, yeah, I'd love to go and travel, mm. you know, and if there was a race in Boulder at that time... If I was going to go to America, that would probably be the race I'd do.
1: As we heard from Andrew Messick, they're pretty strategic about where they place their races, yeah. and uh, they must have just re- reached saturation at this point. And we do know that they are announcing or have announced other races around the, the traps. So, um, shame to see it go, but. Dims the breaks. We've got Pro of the Week. Pro of the Week. So I'm bringing this back. I, I started this before we went away, and I want to give some love to pros as as we approach the especially the ones we don't necessarily know quite so much about. And while we were away, there was a guy who finished second at Ironman Boulder, um, Kenneth Pe- uh, Peterson, and I and he beat off um, beat off uh, Tim O'Donnell, passed him on the run. I thought, who is this dude? I've I've never heard of him before uh, in my life. So I thought, we'll go. Check him out. And as it turns out, he's actually got a really good blog uh, on his website. So if you're keen to find out about his, his race in Boulder, Really good long ride up about him but in terms of where he's from, he's he went off and tried to be a cyclist, he headed over to, he went, actually went to Boulder in 2011 with a couple of bikes and a backpack and a duffel bag um, trying to, to train as a cyclist and he went over to Europe, tried to get in a Swedish um, second, third tier team on cycling in 2014 and that turned to custard uh, and then he ended up coming back to the States and then his, um, his girlfriend at the time got bloody hit by a car and in a coma. And then he got uh, diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroid disorder, which is why his training had often gone up and down. And I was like, bloody hell. But anyway, he came out and spanked it in in Boulder. It was his technically his first Ironman. And I thought, I looked at his results on um, OBS try, and I thought, well, you've actually had two starts in Ironman Boulder in the last two years. So, no, it's not really your first Ironman. As I read through his blog, the first two times he'd actually just gone in there to see what it was all about. The first year he did the swim just to see what it was like. He lived there anyway. And uh, and when you're a pro, you don't have to pay to enter races. Oh, of course. So you just go and try it out. The second year he did the swim and the bike and didn't plan on doing the run. So this was like his first attempt to actually do it. When you look through his pedigree elsewhere, he really hasn't achieved huge things in terms of lots and lots of podiums. He got uh, second at quarter lane 70.3 earlier this year. Most of his other races have all been 70.3s and he's often often finishing maybe a third, a fourth an eighth, a 21st, a 19th a fourth. Um, so not a, like a, a prolific winner of 70.3 races. He may have done smaller races where he'd won but it all started for him at Ironman St George 70.3 in 2015 where he won his age group and immediately took his sort of pro slot after that so thanks to the roll down well not, not so much thanks to the roll down but he got second place so he got a slot for Kona so we'll go and see him over there seems like he's one of those guys who's pretty average below average swimmer weapon on the bike and can kind of uh, hold his own on the run
0: Hmm, good stuff. Uh, so
1: he splits in, in Boulder. He swam 54, which was the same as Matt Hansen and a bunch of other guys. He rode a 407, which is bloody impressive, uh, and then ran a 254, which is you know not too shabby. So good on him. And the other thing to read through his blog is he had some team t- team tactics on the bike. Not that it was cheating or anything like that, but he had another guy in the race uh, made of his Sam Long, who ended up finishing fifth place. Um, and they had a bit of a strategy on the bike. It was a it was really good race. They took out what the
0: strategy was. Yep, yep It was pretty. So what it didn't, was? It? Didn't
1: say exactly Exactly, but they kind of implied that they were going to work together on the bike and lay the smack down and try to get gaps on particular people. So go check out his website, kennetpeterson.com. Just
0: on that... um you know, it's one thing we don't hear much about, but, you know, Mecca was always good at talking about he would try to get guys working together, mm. leading into Kona, because, you know, for example, Stadler was just such a weapon, it's like if they got too much of a gap, mm. you know, and he would be kind of behind the scenes trying to kind of play the game of chess with the other players mm. um, leading into Kona. It's one thing we don't hear enough of, because I'm sure it happens a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure there are guys going, mate, let's work together here, because we're both good runners, but we're shit on the bike. Let's, you know... Um, you know, like, it's, I'd love to get more insight into that side of our game.
1: Yeah, I'm sure it happens, especially in Kona, you know, on the, on the way back um, from, you know, I think on the ride out to Harvey, you know, it's just a big bloody line. But on the way back, if you can buddy up with a couple of people, I'm sure a few words are spoken, pre, pre-race and, uh, and in the race.
0: Okay, we've got some other news coming through. And this is from Kentio, Ateo and he was just saying... If- I mean, in um, Maastricht. Maastricht
1: last year, yeah,
0: the, the girl got DQ'd, and she got DQ'd because she followed directions of a marshal, and in the swim, in the swim, mm-hmm. and pretty frustrating for her because she won the race.
1: She won the race. Yeah, she won
0: the race, and she got DQ'd. So she actually went to court, and in in Holland, and the judges actually ruled in her favour. So she now is technically the winner, and and
1: so the, you, you kind of think. It's a hard it one that one is, isn't it? It its a very hard one and I'm sure the, I think Yvonne Van Verken might have ended yeah, up winning did, yeah. because uh, Sonia Bracegirdle the, she's a patron of the show, she finished third place and I think it was her debut Ironman and she got disqualified as well for, for doing the same thing. So you can go off, you can firstly it's the, the title you're losing which is valuable in terms of sponsorship. Yeah, money. Secondly it's the money and thirdly it's potentially Kona slots. Um, so last year, you know, this this year it definitely would have been a Kona slot. Last year it would have been lots of points. So you can definitely understand a point. And actually when I was reading through that Kenneth Peterson um, blog, he actually got a penalty on the run for not having his uh, race number with him because uh, he he'd oh, really? transition. And he got a one minute stand down. And you go, you've broken the rules. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, this is a <laughs> and in these circumstances... I, I, they will have been obeying the rules and it will be if you leave the course or you do not follow, follow the course you are disqualified so you kind of feel feel for the race uh, referees and, and so on but you kind of wonder should they change the rules to be some sort of flexibility where you can I don't know give out penalties on the fly or, but then it starts to get messy but anyway Oh Bevan What a rookie First session back And he's no, got his you know phone what? ringing Do you know what's happened? What's ringing
0: It's my Because my, my, my phone's linked to my computer So my phone's muted But it's ringing through my computer John Ah, oh, Rookie Going back to Going back to this But um, What Because What is the, what, what is The better way of dealing with it Because I totally get why she should go to court mm-hmm. Because it wasn't her fault mm-hmm. Um, She was led by someone Who was meant to be Director on the course And there was their incompetency Why should she have to pay the price um, but then, was like in this case? I don't think there was much of an advantage to her. I don't think like she. Oh,
1: looked. it's just, it's clearly, I, I think it's black and white. It's she, she unfortunately left the course. The rules say if you leave the course, you're disqualified. But should they, the rules change, if you unintentionally leave the course or you're directed off course by Marshall, should you get some other sort of penalty on the go? Which in some cases, it might still but mean. But that's you, so
0: unfair. Oh, yeah. Because a Marshall's yeah. job. Yeah but and from it, it, a race
1: director's point of view Your marshals It's a bit of a scramble And you'd like to think yeah, but, but, You but, brief hey, every single marshal Yeah
0: but that's not the the athlete's fault No So why should the But athlete the athlete's the responsibility
1: price? should know the course mm. So you should say Well marshal direct me there But we'll G- actually h- h- how, many, how many times have you have No you that's did- not that you know, You've got to know the course That's the boy you're supposed to go around It's written down in the race manual That's the boy you go around Yeah but come and, on Yep I know But you know That's what it says in the rules Come on it's bullshit. So, <laughs> That's so anyway, no one's in no. Well, it's, it's sort of a winner in this situation, but it's kind of a what's well, loo- the president loo- situation. Now, doesn't it? Mm. Well, at
0: least in Holland, does mm. you know it's the president that if someone you know does get put off course, because the other thing is if you get put off course, then it's actually to your advantage. Like let's say you are only spiking 175 k's.
1: Well, I was watching. You, you sometimes give some really um, good good advice Thanks, uh, right. on things to watch, and sometimes some really average advice on things to watch no it's always good but one that i did watch on the way home from kona was senna oh uh, that was really good that's uh-huh. genius isn't it? Uh, and he had the same instance there he left the course and came back on the course on one of the laps and didn't really gain advantage but they said you left the course and you didn't come back on where you're supposed to so you get a penalty the same director's just released a movie about Diego maradona right and it's pretty really good as well yeah that's a great that's one of the best sporting documentaries of all time eh? Hey? it was good
0: that race where he only had one arm yeah you yeah. know like he basically he's, he's, he's Injured his shoulder, isn't he? Okay. It's a while since I watched it.
1: No, he lost his uh, the this, the control, uh, sort of steering assistance. And, yeah, uh, so he basically had to just fight he had the to muscle.
0: And he muscled it out, and like he couldn't even like he's just dead at the end of the race, isn't he? Mm. God, he was a legend.
1: Um, Other random quick bit of
0: news. Uh, oh, you've even called this the title of it, Random Quick Bit of News. Yeah. <laughs> John's got some interesting titles
1: this week. Two-second mention. <laughs> Two-second mention. Random bit of news. Vega, who I hadn't heard of before, is the title sponsor for the 2019 So it seems Iron like a Man- nutrition company. Yeah. Um, like vegan food? Yeah. Uh, actually, I should have looked that up. I did have it. You, look, you check it out, Bevan. Okay, Pretty okay. sure it's vegetarian food, so it's quite a good fit. Um, yeah. it's got quite a long title when you actually pronounce the whole name so hopefully they'll just be saying Vega uh, Ironman World Championships but sometimes we've had some fits in there where you're going my list Ironman World Championships my list was
0: the weirdest <laughs> one it was weird and yeah, I'm going to be honest we did to speak to people at Ironman and even they thought it was weird yeah yeah. Uh,
1: and we've had what well, we've had recently We've presented by GoPro uh, and we've also had what was it last time was it presented by Amazon
0: is, it, is that it there John is that the logo
1: mm, don't think so I think they've anyway. got a problem because
0: it's pretty, you do a Google search, it's, oh, they haven't got <laughs> a website. <that laughs> Anyhow, it's going it. to be a
1: sponsor this year for the Ironman World Championship, so hopefully they've got lots of money out of them and they're going to uh, make it an even better show than oh, right, it really is. Oh, right, here we go,
0: myvega.com, mm. myvega.com, uh, clean plant-based nutrition. Mm. There we go, and that's kind of the trend right now, isn't it? It that's is not it That's what everyone's doing. Okay, we'll check it out. Vega is the place to go. Okay, John, coming up races, we've got Ironman Germany, and I haven't actually had a look at it, but you've said... Who cares about Kona? I imagine is where it's, it's at. It's
1: pretty bloody exciting. So I'm not going to talk about this too much now because uh, this, we, we talk about it with Torsten at quite a bit of length. Um, but I've got to say I'm very excited when you've got the Jeez, three biggest names uh, in the sport going head to head. It will drop off pretty quickly, but Keenle, Frodo and Langer And, and the reason, all Germans sorry, at home. Exactly. Yeah. And the reason why I'm quite excited about it is you know in Kona, You've got that, as I said, you've got that big line of athletes, and you kind of. But this, I think, here they've all they're, because they're all going to be so separated coming out of the swim, or you know, reasonably likely that they will be. It could be every man for himself, and a proper sort of tactical race, and there'll be some other guys in the mix as well. I know, but you know, you're going to have Fredino probably leading out of the swim or being very close. Patrick Langer is probably not going to be with him, but he might. He'll be far enough back that. Uh, you know, hopefully if, if Frodo lays a smack down, then Langer gets isolated and he hasn't got people to ride with and he's got to pull out some amazing run. And then you're going to have Keenley even further back and he's going to have to ride through and probably put, you know, five minutes into Frodo to have a decent chance on the runs. So, uh, and you have got you know, plenty of other guys in the race, you know, Joe Skipper and Franz Loschke and people like that. But those But you know what's, three, it, do you know what's really, really interesting awesome.
0: about the race? This is the biggest pro field of the year.
1: Oh yeah, in the men's because oh, hell, in Kona
0: yeah. we only have at max 50 isn't it or well, it's changed slightly now but it's
1: yeah it's 55 so yeah it's very close so we
0: 57 racing here mm-hmm. so that's pretty cool um, who do you think is going to take it it's going to be interesting to see how Fredino bounces back like I know he didn't race Kona he was stellar going into
1: it I can Fredino will do it pretty and Lange didn't do well, that well last year mm.
0: you know so Lange outside of Kona I oh, know he has some good wins but uh, in Germany he hasn't won so yeah, yeah.
1: so I'm excited Definitely going to watch it. It starts a reasonable time for us on a Sunday and uh, definitely going to be watching a bit of that. So exciting. There's going to be some good racing on the female side as well, um, but the male's race is going to be So who's in the girls? So Sarah True, Lindsay Corbin, who did start last weekend in in Cork, but she probably will uh, fly across the ditch over to Germany to do that, and Daniela Blame-Meyer and a bunch of others, but uh, it's going to be a good race.
0: I mean, France is also coming up.
1: It is. Freddie Van Laird uh is going to be trying to win his gazillionth title over there in France. So good luck to him. And uh haven't even got the got it in front of me. Bevan, who else is on that start list? It'll be a
0: sixth title. 6th. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. And he won Ironman Lanzarote not so long ago. So, And it was a long enough gap. We've got Cam Worth, James Kanamala. Cam Worth's
1: down to race the road as well. So we'll see if he rocks up and starts to do about 5 million races in, uh, in a few weeks' time. Uh,
0: a pretty big feel, but 28 million male pros. Yeah. Uh, Carrie Lester, uh I
1: always look forward to seeing Carrie Lester race. She's, she, bloody, Hopefully she spanks it. She's done some amazing races. And uh I want to see her kill it in Kona. She's pretty dominant in in
0: at least the rankings so you're pretty picketive unless something goes wrong.
1: And France for those guys that uh, don't know is going to be 70.3 World Championships down there in Nice later this year. Apparently there's been a release of what the bike course looks like and it looks nice and gnarly so we're looking forward to another very good 70.3 champs and that will probably give us a really good indication of where Brownlee's at. You know last year he attacked on the the run uh, in the pro men's race and if if he can win France and beat I don't know Frodo's racing, but I'm sure Gomez probably is. If he can have a really dominant race there, then I think we can go. Okay, this is serious business. He's ready for us. it's a question.
0: Like Frodo raced last year, it had an amazing race, but got a bit injured and mm. it pulled him out of Kona. Do you think mm. he kind of stays away from it because he doesn't want to go to that place this year?
1: Well, if we if we were on Twitter and all that stuff, we'd probably know his schedule. Um, but I think he's down to race. So okay. I wouldn't have thought so. I think injury's just you know, bad luck. Yeah. Bad luck. John. times! we've got
0: Alaska Man happening as well.
1: We have Alaska Man um, and a bunch of other races coming up this weekend. So I think it's the third edition of Alaska Man. Uh, last year they had a bit of a course record set up there. I think it was 11, uh, it takes about 11 and a half hours. And the female record is 14. So last year they had, last year they had 228 registered Uh Seventy six did not. The thirty three percent did not start rate. Uh, they had seven did not finish the swim. Eleven did not finish the bike. Five did not finish the run. So only had one hundred twenty nine finishes. And the course record eleven thirty three for the males from Will Ross and fourteen oh three for the females. So it's another one of these sort of extreme races. Uh, there's several others on this weekend. You've got the. Uh, the Irkman Man in Ukraine and the Chi Tri Man in France. Okay, so, John, big weekend of racing. We
0: go. Oh, John's IT update's coming up. Uh, lots has been happening.
1: Lots been happening since you've been away, Bevan. And yeah. I know you love the ITU update. Go Do you there. know what,
0: John? I, I actually have to say, ITU is a massive problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they, well, they need to change the sport. Like, you know, and Mac is our only hope. Because we're in, we're in Bali mm-hmm. and stupidly, in Bali, we had four sports channels, but they didn't cover Australian and New Zealand sports. Right. And you think in Bali, it's mainly Aussies. like in Bali, they get Germans and stuff there as well, but it's mainly Aussies. So it was a bit frustrating. So I ended up watching Eurosports and stuff. Yeah. And one day, we, we'd had a pretty big morning. We kind of just went back to the room to cruise for a few hours, and the ITU race was on. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: at the same time, American Ninja was on another channel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did we end up watching? American Ninja. It yeah. was way more entertaining. Yeah. It was like... And I got to the point where I didn't even look back on the triathlon. Mm. And like American Ninja, it is enter- it's amazing entertainment, and and it's good sport. It's bloody fascinating. It's it's made for TV. Mm. Um, they do the the sob stories. They do the stories like all this all the you know little two minute races, triathlons. Why would you watch it?
1: Well, if you're a sports enthusiast, you'd watch no, you watch it. No, you are not If you, no, if, you're no, just
0: you if you're if you're a if you're a triathlon love, you'd watch it. Yeah, exactly. But I don't think a sports enthusiast... Like, I, I guarantee... You know, I love sport, mm-hmm. and I love triathlon. And I would rather watch American Ninja. Mm.
1: But would you... the same? You say the same thing about marathons, so should we cook, kick marathon a touch? Would you ever sit down and watch a marathon? No. No.
0: Maybe you're maybe like a London.
1: So I, I do agree, they need to, need to change things America's up. America's our only hope. America's <laughs> <laughs> our only well,
0: hope. No, no, seriously. Yeah. If, if Super League was on... Mm. I probably would watch watched that over American Ninja.
1: Mm. You know? No, I, I totally get your point, but it has been some very good racing while you've been away. And Gomez uh, is still bloody impressive. He seems to be racing just about every weekend in different corners of the globe and consistently being on the podium. I thought he was going to be a bit off the pace, but he's, uh, he's right in the mix. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, the Brownlees didn't do very well in Leeds. Uh, they were pretty aggressive on the bike. but That's your you, home race, isn't it? It is. Uh, and we've had another... In, so who took in, out Leeds? Um, we had... Uh, Jake Birk Whistle and that was another oh, point okay. I was going to make is every male's race this year has been won by uh, a different person. Great. So that kind of adds that little bit of intrigue rather than a Mario Mola domination every race. So that's kind of cool. Best thing has been though last weekend Taylor Reed, a uh, Kiwi fella won a World Cup race. I know that's a second tier but still go the Kiwis. And we had a female Ainsley Thorpe got third on the female side. Come on, you good things, Kiwis! And this weekend we've got the WTS series moves to Montreal. It's a sprint distance race, uh, five laps. So they are kind of going a bit super leaguey here. Uh, Five laps of four k on the bike. So hopefully see some good tight action there. And then uh, the big focus for a lot of athletes now is going to be shifting towards the Tokyo test event uh, in mid August, which I think for a lot of countries will help determine some of their athletes for the Olympics will be a selection race so yeah good times
0: so before we went away the discussion of the week it was uh what do you think of the new Kona start announcement we actually kind of had it here on the show Uh, Andrew Messick talked about a few weeks ago um and we we put it out there as a discussion of the week John you can do yours first because I'm pulling it up
1: um Pike Reardon, I applaud the change can't make everyone happy all of the time but at least you get to race your age group I'd like to see age group waves at all Ironman races. Oh, wait, so you've just added this... I've just got some random ones. You might as well use, I, I tried to select a, a okay, bunch here. I'll use
0: yours. Um, then we've got uh, Ned Phillips. It sucks. My vote would be only 500 competitors in Kona and a mess start, make you're dreaming. Uh, Way <laughs> start <some> to more people. <laughs> That's not the answer. Let's get back to the roots. I know WCC want more money, but Kona should be iconic. Not how many people can we fit on the
1: course? Yeah, this was probably the one thing that I didn't really click to at the time. Um, Justine Bolton said... Let Legacy Athletes is the last wave group to make it special, epic, and then just has got a couple of emojis there. There are many Legacy people who swim one out of 105. So you, <clears throat> I was sitting here thinking it was all really, really positive, and I still do think it's a, it's a, it's a really good move. However, if you are a Legacy Athlete, you are at the back. Kind of, you can kind of see that from two two sides yeah. of it you know because um, you haven't qualified time wise yeah, yeah, yeah well, well, time wise yeah, um, and also there's an implication for the females so um, Jordan Blanco said just messed up the, ra- the race for the age group woman again but haven't listened to the show yet Peter Colson came back at Jordan and said yeah shocking because the woman can't draft off the men anymore Ooh. and then Jordan came back at, back at him with a good uh, argument here we go actually the opposite they've closed the gap between the men and the women so the best female swimmers will be drafting off the men, the female age group changed quite a bit in 2014. Uh, the, the, the female age group race changed quite a bit in 2014 when the age group woman who swim around about hour could, could no longer draft, and now the gaps are back down to sort of five to ten minutes compared to the 15 minutes in previous years. So. There's a bad, bad implication for the legacy athletes, but also for the females, they may well get worsely stuck. Worsely? I don't think that's yeah. such a word. Hey, we know <laughs> um, again, they probably get stuck in a bit more traffic and have a few more drafting issues. So for the females, maybe it's not such a good thing.
0: Richard Palmer agrees with Ned Phillips. Agree, it's a step in the right direction. No, oh, no, maybe doesn't agree with uh, Ned. He says, agree, it's a step in the right direction, but they also need to look at the bike course and get the riders onto the Queen K sooner and do the town loop last.
1: That's an interesting point. So if, if you've ever watched Kona or if you um, haven't been there before, what you do at the start of the bike is probably around about 10 miles, so 15 Ks. You're kind of mm. just looping around town. It's a bit of twists and turns. You go up this climb called Kiwakini, and because of the, the corners, there's quite a bit of, concertinaing and quite a bit of grouping up of, of the athletes and I do think that's actually not a bad point if you if you can spread things out in this you know if this is successful in spreading things out in the swim um better then you just slap people straight onto the queen k and maybe Mm. it's a bit more spread out i haven't really thought it through hugely but i actually kind of think it's not a bad idea and then you would have to make up the distance elsewhere but my thoughts around that is at the end of the queen k um when you're coming back there's this climb up to a place called waimea it's a meaty really nice meaty climb and if you send everybody up there and back down like at the climb i think it's about 10 k's that could totally change the dynamic of the race especially oh, the pro race and i from a traffic management perspective i don't think it would have any impact on the the event um so i think that would be a really cool change from a spectator point of view it would suck because it's yeah, cause really because the, the cool. thing
0: about the, the start of the race for a spectator is you watch the swim it's awesome you walk a couple hundred meters up the road you go under that corner the hot corner and,
1: and you, you get stat- it's awesome. Yeah, you get to see athletes for for ages, and you get to see the pros come down the hill, go back see up a few times. And so you get to see, yeah, it is fantastic for the for the spectators. So
0: for what he's got, it's a pile of crap. It's Kona. It should be everyone off together, reduce slots, and get rid of the drafting. Awful news. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then finally, I like this one. Yeah, this was gold. Peter Faust said, the dude with the starting, starting cannon will think he's in a war. That's, that's <laughs> because it's going to be boom every 50, every five or ten minutes or so. So look, uh, there's no. this is not the perfect solution at all. Uh, I was pretty excited about it. I still am. I think it's the best, or no, it's a very good solution that they could come up with. Whether it's quite the best, I'm not sure. But it's a hell of a lot better than what it was for the majority of the field. So I applaud it. And uh, and l- really looking forward to seeing how it goes. The only thing that's going to solve drafting is a change of attitude of athletes. Um, yes, you can do this. You can police it a bit better, but well, it's o- a bit of overall, both.
0: like up until this point in time, it wasn't. It uh, wasn't attitude. You know, yep, yeah,
1: but with this, I think attitude comes into it uh, a lot.
0: Imagine, imagine if this. Imagine if. Um, here we go. Name and shame factor. So uh, the marshals actually take photos and put them on a the website. Mm. You know, like so, like you know, when you get a drafting, here's a photo. And you go on the on the, the I know the drafting shame page.
1: The, the, you can't photos won't work because passing you're passing GoPro footage or something like that. That's what I was saying about this cork at the weekend. They were following these age group athletes for several minutes when I was watching And they're just and You could see the guys directly going back onto a wheel when they come off it. And I know the conditions were, were shizer and the roads were narrow but but you, they could have done a lot better than what they did yeah. a lot better
0: interesting stuff okay well they may change it and uh i think our general feel is that we actually think it's a step in the right direction absolutely you know, so um but there's mixed opinions out there um john let's do a sponsor. no let's do
1: this week's hot topic
0: oh sorry i made this one up myself because what
1: did you i've got one there already you've overruled me have you
0: oh no this one here the, t- the traveling one did you
1: I put that there. Did you? I thought I did it. (laughs) 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 I did this a while ago, some of this stuff a while ago, and I thought, oh, that's that's okay. I'll I'll stick with that. (laughs) Okay,
0: yes. (laughs) No, because I did my show notes yesterday because I basically had to do do some stuff this morning. So I didn't have one in there, I thought I'd just chuck this in here. So, top tips for when you're traveling because I was on holiday and I was just trying to keep my exercise up, um, but we want to keep it more triathlon focused. So, top trips. Tips for when you are travelling or on holiday to keep your fitness up when you don't have your triathlon equipment around. Now, obviously running, yep. but other things you can do just to make sure, you know, how you how you keep
1: fit enough
0: when you're on holiday. There we go. And that's a really good one, John said so. <laughs>
1: Sponsor. It's exciting times, Bevan. Oh, I'm so excited. Extreme endurance have a new product. I needed it some of out. this last night. Did you?
0: Oh, because we got back, we got back from Bali. Um, we got back in Bali on Sunday morning mm-hmm. and I didn't sleep on the flight so basically no, no sleep so mm-hmm. Sunday night and I stayed up to 8.30 great sleep mm-hmm. so then last night I got back to work yesterday so I had three hours of exercise yesterday it was pretty intense stuff uh, and I had a full day of work so I thought tomorrow night last night great night's sleep's coming got into bed couldn't get sleep couldn't get to sleep John Joe and had
1: a restless night as well then oh, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and she also Joe bought this bloody diffuser thing Right. and it googles yeah. so after about an hour of oh, not getting right. to sleep I was like bugger this I got up and <laughs> unplugged the diffuser off. and uh, so I needed a good night's sleep couldn't get it happen, had a bad night's sleep, I needed some of the new product didn't I John?
1: You did and we're going to uh, get somebody on the show to talk a bit more about this in detail over the coming weeks because it looks really cool. It's called CB Deep Sleep, it's an organic hemp oil slash recovery sleep rend. Uh, so it's got GABA in it which is a calming effect and may help naturally induce sleep by reducing nerve excitability. Um, tri- uh, Trypiphan. No, tryptophan yeah. um, may help bring the natural calming effect, lifting your mood, helping anxiety and inducing sleep. It's got 5-HTP which helps the body pr- to produce more serotonin and may help uh, promote sleep relaxation and help decrease stress uh, reactivity. And then it's got some MCT oil, it's median chain triglycerides, a form of saturated fatty acids that have numerous health benefits such as promoting brain a better brain health and memory function. Geez, I could use a bit of that uh, extra memory function, I might have to get onto this. Uh, so it's a little chewable uh, mint, you take it around about 15 to 30 minutes before you go to sleep, and uh, it looks fantastic. So if you're somebody who is struggling with sleep or stu- struggles to just calm down at the end of the day, uh, go check it out, 72.95 on there, and get yourself, it's two chewable tablets you have each night before you go to bed, check it
0: out. You know what, like, I'm lucky. I'm actually a pretty good sleeper.
1: You good sleeper? I get to sleep pretty easy. Yeah. I wake up early in the morning, and yeah, then, I, I, then my, I can't get back to sleep. The thing so for me good. is,
0: once I get six hours, I wake up. Mm-hmm. So if I go to bed at eight, I'm going to wake up six hours later. If I go to bed at mm-hmm. ten, I'm going to wake up. But my mum, she doesn't sleep like mm-hmm. her whole life. You know, I need to get some of this for her because. You know, like, we all know what it's like when we don't sleep. Mm. And this is the whole thing of you just don't function better the next day. Absolutely. P- particularly if you have a few days of no sleep, imagine what it must be like. So if you know you are that person, and I'm sure plenty of listeners are, give it a try. Mm. You know, if it, it could be that thing that really can help you get into good sleep. And, you know, sleep is the kind of the, the hot topic right now, isn't it? You mm. know, everyone's talking about how important sleep is. Um, so, yeah. Get so check it out.
1: C, B, deep sleep at xendurance.com. Check, check, check
0: it out. Okay, John, let's talk about... Actually, I've
1: got to do one other little tip here because you were just talking about travel there. Um, one good thing that I ca- came out of Kona when we were coming back is what I... Um, I can confirm that Hawaiian Air are taking soft cases again now. Oh, okay, good. Um, so they have seem to have done about face on that. I still had my big... Uh, my new big um, core flute case, which was fantastic because I could fit two sets of wheels in there and still came in under the weight requirement. Because um, oh, light, yeah. But then... On the way home, so this is more for Kiwis and Aussies, if you're having a stopover on Oahu, so sort of Waikiki area, and you don't want to stuff around with your bike, there's a company in Kona, or in Hawaii, called Aloha Air, and you can, what I did, we left Kona on Tuesday, and then weren't leaving Oahu until Saturday, you ship it over with them and they can hold it until you leave and so you're oh. only paying an extra I think I paid 50 bucks for 50, 55 bucks and you shipped it over on I shipped it over on Monday it was sitting just near the airport and then didn't go pick it up till Saturday morning. So oh wait to, so didn't you
0: didn't actually take it on your flight
1: no so didn't have to lug it around uh, Oahu and, and things like that so it's only like 20 bucks more expensive 15 bucks more expensive and uh, you don't have to deal with your bike while you're holding which is appreciated by both myself and my lovely wife.
0: And that's the most important thing. John, website Side of the point. week. And good old Simon Miles sent through this one. He's got, hey guys, um, you can. Uh, I want to send through this website. It's called endurance-data.com and you can search yourself anyone and select a race and default compares you to the people who finish the race. If you clear the athletes and just add one person using the search bar, you can add your friends, teammates, wife against your name and see where you overtook them and in my case, uh, uh and in my case they recover oh. Well, so it's, it's,
1: it's 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 another one of these sort of websites it's got all your, all your data up there well not all but for, for me for example it's only got two races so I just plug my name in and it's got my recent 70.3 uh, Hawaii result and it's also got challenge uh, wrote in 2017 and so you, you click on that and by default for me uh, it, I think I where did I finish I think I finished third in the age group so it puts up the um, top five and, and, my, my, uh, and it shows you this sort of graph so your try to picture this, your um, time is like a flat line along a graph and then it shows you as you're going through the race um, where your competitors were compared to you. So Torsten does quite a bit of this stuff as well um, for for the pros athletes. So what it sort of shows for me is uh, in the age group, coming out of the swim, I spanked everybody in my age group by quite some margin. um, And yet the guy that had won, he passed me by the 40k mark on the bike and then the The other guys that were also in the top five, they all passed me um, by a 122k bike uh, and then one of them kept pulling away and then the other two I must have passed at some stage on the run. So it's kind of cool to see how your race unfolds and that's by default, I've just got those five in there but then you can add... um, other people in there as well to see how you really compare so it's kind of like a, a graphical sort of Athlinksy type thing where you can just compare yourself against your mates at different races so yeah i like the look of it it does also have a, um, a section on hawaii qualification which is really good um, sort of showing all the races how many slots there are who won the the, the age group um, but probably the thing that doesn't work quite so well here is it says who was the last person to qualify and to give you an example so at the 70.3 in Hawaii in my age group <clears throat> there was two originally there was two slots um, and um, it, it said that the, the last person to qualify was actually me and second but that doesn't factor in the roll down and it actually rolled down to about fifth or something like that so that's the only sort of slight downfall of that system but overall really cool if you want to compare yourself to other people go check so it out if you're
0: out. racing you know, like you know like i mean new zealand all the kiwis you can kind of compare against your mates and mm. get a bit of banter if you beat them
1: so endurance data.com
0: and i'll put a link to it and dub 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 i am talk dot me john you had an interview of thurston the geek um talking about Kona qualifying and some other stuff so we're going to check that in right now
1: Okay guys, uh, we've got a big weekend of racing coming up with uh, Ironman Frankfurt and some big hitters there, and then the following week we're going to have uh, Roat. so it's all action over in Europe, and but we're also well into the Kona qualifi- qualifying for, for this year, so we thought it would be a good time to get Torsten from TryRating.com back on the show to sort of talk about A, we were at at a where we're at with kona qualifying and b um he's your resident expert on uh especially all things german as well as all things triathlon so welcome back <laughs> to the show uh Torsten.
2: thanks for having me again john right let,
1: let's talk um kona qualifying you know new system this year and um you know, I'm really keen to see how how things have unfolded from, from, you know, you looking at it compared to what's happened in previous years. So looking at the list, uh, and this is before uh, we were... Torsten and I are chatting before the weekend before um, the race in Ireland, so Ireland. who knows, we might have a Brownlee on the list next week, we'll wait and see. But as it stands at the moment, uh, there's 31 females qualified and 42 males. So firstly, just give us a bit of a rundown on uh, you know how things have unfolded this year and if it's kind of how you've expected and, and whether the athletes that are, are qualified are people that normally qualify. So just give us a bit of an overview on your impressions of it so far
2: mm-hmm. well i think i think uh the main point is that a lot of the pros are just taking their time to get um to to get into the details of the new system and the implications for that and one of the main implications for me is that there are some races um i mean Mardel plata is the the poster child example for that that had a lot of slots but not a lot of um, athletes re- really looking to qualify in December in South America. Mm. Um, so the slots l- rolled down quite far um, in that race. So probably a couple of names got slots that um, either were not looking at the start of the season for a slot and um, probably are not the most well-known. I mean, some of the German names that went in fifth and sixth place, probably no one really had heard outside of Germany of them before, mm. at least not in a triathlon context. So... <laughs> um, um, so if you if you look at those races, then well, the the way that I would I would sum it up is probably the the, the top half of Kona athletes, with a few exceptions that we're probably going to look at. Um, to um, just, I mean, regardless of the system, they will always qualify because they are such uh, solid and good races that whatever the system is like, they they will find a way to qualify. Mm-hmm. Whereas the bottom half, it's it introduced a bit more an element of luck. Um, in getting the right field, uh, choosing the right race, uh, who shows up there, and if there's roll-down slots, who who took a slot, who didn't take a slot, um, so the, the the second half of the field is a bit more of a uh, mixture of athletes that uh, yeah you you were hoping might get a slot and that um, just just ended up with with one slot and then taking it.
1: And, and so so far, you know, when I look through the list, um, with the exception of a few that are going to be validating their slots in Frankfurt, is is there any of you know what you would consider fairly big hitters, you know, maybe top ten or top fifteen athletes that um, haven't yet qualified um, uh, so far?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, the big name obviously is is Lionel Sanders. I mean, he wasn't top fifteen last year in Kona, I think, but um, oh. with his injury. Um, but um I mean, that he has not been able to qualify yet is not a not a consequence of the new system, but just because he's injured and wasn't able to race. I mean, qualifying is hard <laughs> in 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 any system that that requires you to to race and either gain points or place well. So we'll see if he manages to um, recover from the injury in time to have a decent race in in Montreux Blanc um, has, just one slot, so he would need to win that, or or uh, become second behind Cody Beals who's already safe, or something like that. Um, so it's not like he just can show up and and uh, get a point, get get a couple points, and then be safe. But he needs to win the race. We'll see if that's still possible for him. And even if it is possible, can he race? Can, you know, can he build up it for for an August race and then be in super shape for October? So tricky questions around Lionel. Other than that, I mean, there's. The, uh, the automatic qualifiers that are still missing that ha- were top three in Kona last year, uh, all the three males, uh, Racing in Frankfurt, the big names, uh, Frodeno, who uh, is a previous champion, Sebi who is a previous champion, and Patrick Lange, who is the current champion, uh, they still need just to finish to validate their slots, so they should make it in. Uh, if nothing strange happens in in Frankfurt, like technical issues or so, mm. the one that's a bit trickier on the female side is is Anna, Anna Hauk or Annie Hauk. However, the English want to pronounce her name because mm. um, because she uh, is not able to race in Frankfurt, where she wanted to have a validation race. Um, she's she's injured at this point in Cond race, so um, hopefully she can recover in time for an August race. Uh, she would just need to finish, but again, questionable whether she can then build up to to be in good shape for October. So that's the that's the automatic qualifiers. Among the others, um, let's see, let's go through the list. I was thinking Sarah, um, True, have, who,
1: Sarah True, who raced uh, Cairns and had DNF there. I can't see her name on the list unless I'm mistaken.
2: Well, she switched over to Frankfurt, and she's on the list for Frankfurt now. Mm. So, um, yeah, that that's one of those. She was uh, focused on Cairns. Cairns had a lot of slots as a, as a regional championship, and had she been able to finish, she probably would have been able to to get one of those slots. Mm. But um, she um, had to withdraw. I, I think she fell um, sick after 10 miles on, on the run and wasn't able to continue. So she's she's on the list for Frankfurt. We'll see how, how she does. Um, others, other big names, Heli uh, Fredrickson. I don't know if she wants to raise an Ironman at all this year. Anja Ippach or Anja Beranek, as she was known. Uh, she might qualify in Ireland. Um, was doing really well the last couple of years, has has also tried a couple of times to qualify yet, hasn't been able to. Uh, Carrie Lester missed the slot in, in Arizona when uh, Heather Jackson had that fantastic American record. Um, she will try to qualify in, in France. Um, a couple others are, are still in there. Angela Neige doesn't have a slot yet. And Sarah True also doesn't have a slot yet. So those would be the ones that are looking for um, a slot on the female side in the I think uh, twelve or or somewhere in that area uh, uh, races that we have still uh, going on there. Mm. And on the female side, the big names would be Josh Amberger. uh Tim Burkle has one. Jan van Berkel doesn't have one. Uh, James Kuna is on the list for for um, France, I think. Uh, Tim Don, I have no, haven't heard any plans from him. Uh, Brent McMahon tried to qualify in uh, Boulder, didn't work out for him. And Medrassel is also one of those that hasn't have had a chance to qualify yet. Uh, he's also running up for Frankfurt, I think.
1: Mm.
2: Exciting times. Um, so, so I mean, yeah, it's it's going to get really close for these um, because if they miss the chance to do the qualifying in in Frankfurt or um, maybe a week later, I think Hamburger is on the on the list for Victoria in mid July. Then things get really tight to have another Ironman and to be in such a shape to win the race, that would be really tricky there. So we'll see how that turns out.
1: Uh, You probably haven't got this in front of you um, and it might be a little project for you to do. But I do wonder, uh, Athletes racing less, I wonder, um, because they've got their slots, or, or does your gut feeling tell you they're still racing a lot? So if I take um, like Mike Phillips for example, he's done a lot of racing this year, um, both over 70.3 and Ironman. Didn't fin. Uh, well, no, he he had a very poor race in Cairns. Um, it was probably often. Uh, kind of feel that on the female side they often had to race a lot more um, to get their slots so have you noticed anything on that front um, and looked at it at all?
2: I mean there's there's two big projects that I have on my list basically after the qualifying for for this year's Kona is over is uh, to have a, a, a to you know do a comparison between uh, who would have qualified under the old system and who yeah. qualified under the new system uh, The and look at the names that are either in or out under one of those systems and see the implications there. And the other one is um, to see the if, if there's an impact on the number of races that the athletes that qualified did. Uh, one of the running theories, I mean, as you mentioned, uh, typically the women raced um, more than the men did uh, because they needed more points to to get across the threshold with the fewer slots that they had. Um, Did that change under the new system or didn't it? And I haven't had a look at preliminary numbers quite yet because it just doesn't make sense doing that after half the season is over. Um, But those are some of the projects that I have on my list um, to look at uh, in, in August once the qualifying is over.
1: Yeah. Um, what's what so- And I mean, Mike, Mike
2: Phillips, I mean, as you stated him, he had a great race at New Zealand. Yeah. So he was able to, um, you know, race his heart out at the rest of the Southern Hemisphere um, um, season. And he still got more enough than enough time to take a break and then build up for Kona and have a good Kona race exactly. this year. Right. So um, I cross. think for him, um, as he got a slot early, gave him a bit more leeway of. Of doing some crazy things uh, in his racing schedule, yeah. than if he still had to, you know, have a really good race uh, to to catch another qualifying slot.
1: Um, one thing that's I find a little bit surprising is um, You there's only two athletes that have declined their slots, you know, we know that uh, mm. When athletes go over to Kona, it's for for the, the sort of the ones at the bottom of the rankings It's a bloody expensive exercise and only the top ten get prize money um, So yeah, it, it, only two have declined is um, uh, One is Lucy Gossage who's more or less retired from pro racing and is working full right. time and um, and the other one who's done the double decline is uh, <laughs> Teresa Adam from New Zealand, and I think she's you know for for her she probably doesn't want to go back to Kona until she's well and ready to to be um you know amongst the money so is that similar to previous years in terms of how many people have declined um or have you have you looked at that in the past
2: well i, I the the thing that's different this year is basically you have to make your decision right after the race so if right. you have a September race uh, you've got more than a year out before Kona um, at that point um, unless you I don't know have, have some other obligations a year down the road you're not going to decline a slot mm. um, so um, I think we'll see some more um, let's say last minute withdrawals because um, if they have a slot they've got all the time in the world to make up their mind mm. uh, before Kona whether they want to actually race there so if there are more withdrawals um I think they'll be pretty close to the race. I mean, um, you have an athlete like uh, Laura Phillip who qualified last year in October in in Barcelona. Um, She's injured right now. Um, She's still very hopeful that she's going to make it uh, it for Kona and to be in a good position to race there well. Um, So obviously, um, no no decision for her needed at this point. Whereas in the previous years, you had the, the decision time at the end of uh, July and at the end of August, uh, whether to decline your slot or not, and if you declined it, roll down at that point. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think we'll see withdrawals. Uh, I don't think we'll see many more uh, declines because if you have a slot, and unless you're absolutely certain Kona doesn't make sense for you, as it uh, seems to be the case for Teresa, mm. then obviously you're going to take your slot and then see how things roll. Uh, look closer to the race. Mm.
1: In, in terms of the male to female ratio, uh, based off your predictions, or based off the number of slots allocated, it looks like there'll probably be 57 males and 44 um, females, unless a couple of the, at Frankfurt, if the females happen to get one <laughs> of the unassigned slots, but it looks like it'll probably be 57 yep. to e- 44. E-
2: extremely unlikely, yes. Yeah, <laughs> how, yeah. How
1: does that compare to previous years? You know, when I when I say 44, you know, in the past it was always, the um, was it 35 females plus, I know there was a few automatic qualifiers, but you know, 57 to 44, how does that compare to other years?
2: Yeah, the base numbers were 50 men and 35 women plus auto qualifiers. Um, so the numbers don't re- didn't really change much uh, compared to previous years. I think there's one or two more females than, than in previous years. But overall, the, the ratio between males and females didn't really change all that much. And that's pretty much what I expected to happen, even though the system uh, gave the females a chance, and there were a number of very, very close calls between slots going to the males or going to the females. Um, but, yeah, pretty much no change on on the gender distribution of the slots in Kona.
1: Okay, so there's still quite a bit of racing. And, you know, where- I mean,
2: to be to be fair to Ironman, I, 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 I've talked with a couple of people there, and they had projections that would make it a bit more even than what it turned out to be, and I think they were... Also, kind of disappointed that the new system didn't really change too much um, because my impression is that they view this new system as offering the females um, a chance to to earn their slots in Kona on the Kona start line if more female uh, athletes show up uh, racing the pro races than than the male do or in the past. Um, Yeah, but at least in this this season so far, it hasn't really happened.
1: There's still quite a bit of racing to go, you know. We're towards the end of June now, but still quite a bit of racing to go. I imagine we'll probably see a bit more sort of roll downs happening at some of these races when you've got athletes that are that are already qualified, especially you know um, Frankfurt, for example, where the top three uh, have just got to validate. So you know, fourth place is going to be the first, um, potentially the first qualifier. So, is so anything else you want to sort of uh, comment on regarding the 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 qualification system um, or or anything about you know heading into Kona for this year before we before we go into Frankfurt.
2: I think we can just uh, safely leave the qualifying system aside. I mean, there's still lots of racing to be done, and I think a lot of excitement for the final slots to turn out. There's still a lot of lot of chances to snag a slot, and I guess we'll see a couple of close races. And Frankfurt is probably going to be the first one. I mean, the the race for the qualifying spots on the men's side and on the female side will be pretty interesting. I mean, it looks like it's going to be four male slots for Frankfurt with the number of males on the start list there uh, and to, just two for the females. But, um, yeah, it, it, I, I expect the slots on, on both sides to roll pretty far down the road. Uh, if you look at the man, male field, uh, you already mentioned we have got uh, top three names, Sebi Kienle, uh, Jan Frodeno and Patrick Lange, all of them auto-qualified um, those would of course be the the three big names that everyone's looking for uh, in that race and i guess most of the race coverage will be focused on on these three um but just looking down the list um yeah well there's there's these these three don't count for the for the four slots that will be assigned in in frankfurt so it'll it'll go down pretty far and you also have joe skipper on the list who's also pre-qualified um david pleasure is on the list too who's already qualified so uh, potentially it could roll down really really far mm. and um, a really good chance for some of the athletes that put a specific focus on frankfurt uh as their qualifying racer i know franz Luschke, who's one of the the german uh guys uh, on the list there um who just missed qualifying in barcelona by a couple of seconds and just just was like 10 seconds uh in second place um, he specifically choose, chose uh, Frankfurt for his qualifying race because he assumed that with the big three names there's going to be a good chance to snag a slot there and it looks like at least uh, before the race uh, the, the strategy or the goal that he or the reasons he chose Frankfurt they seem to uh, come come true. Now of course he still has to have a decent race to place well and get one of those slots.
1: I see Michael Raylut's on the list. What's, what's up with the Raylut brothers these days?
2: Yeah, I mean that's always an interesting story. I think Michael um, is uh, as is like trying some something new this year. He, I think he's he's coached by Brett Sutton now, and that might be someone who helps him. Shall we, how shall I put it? Overcome his his uh, his uh, single mindedness of of being focused on a specific outcome in the race. Mm. Um, whenever you you talk to Michael before a race, it's always. uh, The only thing he thinks about is is finishing on the podium and getting Konoslot there. Mm. (laughs) And um, he's never been able to uh, deliver a race on the Ironman distance that would be worthy of of finishing that far up. Mm. Um, So maybe uh, working with Brett Sutton and and the coaching team um, allows him to focus more on himself and delivering a good race before thinking of a specific uh, outcome. A specific place in the race, and I mean, everyone knows that he's got a fantastic potential. Um, two-time seventy-point-three world champion. Um, he's definitely got the speed, and he's definitely got the the um, single-mindedness to do really well in the Ironman distance too. But he hasn't been able to show it quite yet, and maybe he does it in Frankfurt. But um, yeah, I, I think there are other Germans that will be more um, in the focus for. For the top spots and for corner slots as well.
1: So, just from a German perspective, um, is, the, is the race sort of covered live on free-to-air TV, and does it get pretty big coverage? You know, obviously in Frankfurt, I'd imagine it. You know, because it shuts down the city, it, it gets a lot of coverage. But elsewhere in the country, you know, compared to the other big sports that are on at the time, um, does it get pretty, pretty, pretty good coverage?
2: It does get pretty good coverage. I mean, the, the whole race will be covered live uh, on national TV as as is wrote a week later. And I think Frankfurt will also have, I mean, there's there's different level of, of TV stations. Uh, um, the race will be shown in a local channel. I mean, you can receive it worldwide, but you have to specifically choose it. But uh, one of the three main channels is also going to do uh, race updates, I think, two or three times by an hour or so uh, during the day. So even those that um, don't end up in these these smaller channels will get an impression of what's happening in Frankfurt. And um, I'm I'm in touch with the people doing the TV coverage and they're really uh, putting in a huge effort and a lot of um, looking for a ton of information that they want to cover in the race. Lots of prep going on there. Um, they had people uh, talking to the big three names, of course, um, even going back as far as, as February and March when they were in training camps. Um, so um, they, they just won't have someone sitting there who's, who's never seen or spoken to these athletes. And it's going to be really interesting. Uh, what they're going to do on race day.
1: So, uh, d- from from your you know, I know you're a, you're a good social media man. From from what you can see uh, in terms of still focusing on the men's race, do do they all look like you know Langer, Fredino, and Keenley? I know Keenley um, won the championship. Fredino, I know's done a couple of races, but he I know he pulled out of I think uh, it was Oceanside or somewhere earlier in the year. And Langer won the seventy point three in uh, Vietnam. So Vietnam, yeah. Do, do, do they all look like they're sort of injury free and pretty pumped up for it uh,
2: to me it seems that all three of them are are looking forward to the duel um and i think all three of them um crave that that competition um that is i mean it's it's somewhat risk-free um uh, shootout between these three uh, outside of kona i mean everyone acknowledges that the big show is going to happen in kona um, but no one will be willing to let the other guy <laughs> go ahead in, in Frankfurt. Um, mm-hmm. All three of them have, have big goals for the race. And I don't think we'll see... Well, let's put it another way. I think we'll see an, a really interesting race uh, for, the, for the winner. Um, but also for the corner slots, of course. But um, all three will have a strategy that will allow them to win the race. And it'll be interesting how these play... Uh, with each other off each other I mean if, if you look at Sebi starting with him obviously he needs to build a bit of a gap to the other two on the bike so he'll he'll well first of all have to make up the gap after the swim and then try to build a bit of a gap to the others on the bike um, my guess is that that Frodo will be more than happy to work with Sebi on the bike and then um, just like last year um, hope that um, he'll be the, the best runner mm. um, among those that step off the bike first um, whereas as um, Patrick will sh- want to show that um, the bike that he was able to show in Kona was, was not a fluke and not just being dragged around the course, he will want to show that he's uh, a good biker as well and he'll want to show that even if he has was forced to do a hard bike, that he can still run well after that, mm. so all three of them will have their strategies and and little um, uh, things that they want to show the other guys um, uh, just just for this race but also in prep for Kona I guess
1: Oh, it's going to be fascinating. My my head tells me Frodo's going to crush it, but if one of the other, if one of the other two does it, then it really throws the, uh, throws things up in the air a bit for Kona. So oh, I mean, that's, that's one
2: of the strategies that Frodo might go. With, just when he won the first the race for the first time, he just was the fastest swimmer and then went away on the bike, and no one ever had a chance of getting close to him. That might be a yeah. strategy that he chooses, and it'll it'll be epic to see him try go off the front solo again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> oh, it's
1: be good times. So uh, the female side, we haven't really discussed that. And, you know, when you haven't got Daniela Reef there, um, it is kind of the best of the rest. But we've got Sarah True, who was, I think, second last year. And uh, off the top of my head, I think she was fourth in Kona. Or, no, I can't remember where is she it? was in Kona. Yes. Um, and unfortunately, it would have been a really good battle between her and Anne Haug. Um, both have different strengths and weaknesses. Um, but obviously, Anne Haug is now not racing. So... Um, uh, yeah, in terms of the females field not not quite as strong, but um could be some quite interesting little battles out there
2: Well, I think the d- dynamic will be p- pretty interesting because I mean Sarah obviously a very good swimmer And she she was also running really well both in Kona and in frankfurt last year um, But the the big german name now that that anna is no longer on the list um, well, I mean, they had two big names before. Now there's just one left is Daniela uh, Bleimel or Daniela Zemla, as she was known until l- end of last year. Uh, she won uh, Challenge uh, Road last yeah. year in that epic battle against uh, Lucy Charles. Yeah. And I was really impressed by her performance in, in Road. That was a really um, smart and, and strong race all day. Um, basically, she had to uh, close the gap to Lucy... Uh, all day had to work on it, Never had to, always had to believe that she was still able to catch Lucy, and that was very impressive to see her uh, pull of that win. So Daniela, also a very strong uh, biker, um, decent swimmer, um, I mean, not, not quite at the level of Sarah True, but but decent, probably uh, the best, second best swimmer in, in the field there. Um, I, I would expect her to be able to build a bit of a lead, um, at least uh, for the first part of the bike. Uh, but then you've got uh, uh, Jen, Annette and Kimberly Morrison, two not quite as strong swimmers, uh, but really, really strong uh, bike riders. And um, I, I'm really looking forward to see what they can do on the Frankfurt bike course, because, I mean, both of them have done extremely well um, in on the fast bike courses. Uh, Jen was the fastest in, in Texas uh, last year when we had that, that um interesting situation with the short <laughs> bike course slash mm. lack of marshalling mm. <laughs> impacting uh, the race. Um, I mean, Jen is is uh, swimming probably around uh, just under an hour and needs to make up time on the bike. So uh, if she manages to do that and Kim was uh, really putting it uh, to uh, Daniela on the bike in, in Texas this year, she and um, uh, Jocelyn McCauley really put the pressure on, on Daniela uh, Riff in, in Texas this year um, also very very strong on the bike so we'll see what, what these two or three can do on the bike and then um, yeah, all of them are still uh, looking for a slot, um, Jen and Kim are, Dunny is already qualified Sarah True needs needs a slot so um, looks like there's um, two slots and at least three uh, potentially uh, uh, looking for that one that, that should be relatively close uh, together and then the race dynamics with Sarah needing an, another good run and being able to have another good run um, that'll be very interesting to see how that unfolds.
1: I'm looking forward to. I think I'm going to have to do a uh, a late night uh, late night indoor trainer for a few hours. What what time of the day does the race start for the pros? Uh,
2: the race starts uh, six thirty uh, uh, ish German time. So that would be it's four oh, four thirty
1: yeah. in the afternoon New Zealand time. That's uh, is it a Sunday be, race or a Saturday it, it, it race?
2: It's a Sunday race.
1: Oh, it's a Monday evening indoor trainer session. Righty ho. I have to cancel no, no, my no, no. Monday night running <laughs> session. Yeah, um, yeah, it's yeah. going to be good times. Also, the, the weekend after that, we've got Rote. We'll be talking about that on the show a little bit um, more next week. But I thought, while we've got Torsten on here, we might as well uh, talk about that as well. well. What stands out for me when <laughs> I, I look at the... the um, Certainly starting at the men's field, is all the top 11 uh, seeded athletes on TryRating.com have all got the KQ uh, next to their names, Kona Qualified. So I guess, you know, that's the thing with Roe is the people that are going to be racing it uh, already have their their kona slots um loaded
2: yeah and i mean brayden curry was was the one that needed that big race in in cans to be able to do road or maybe do another race but he was able to win uh in Cairns and secure his corner slot and now he he said he's he's really fired up for for road and i mean just going through that that list of athletes, Kona qualified and being at the top of the seedings there: Andy Beshear, Cody Beals, Ben Hoffman, Braden Curry, Bart Arnouds, Andy Dreitz, McNamee, Cam Worf, Andy Potts. I mean, it's it's next to impossible uh, to predict um, mm. who's, who's who's going to be able to um, to to come out on top here.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, I mean, the the scenario will be pretty similar to what we've seen last year. Cam Worth, as always, will. Try to go off, uh, off the front on the bike, um, but he's also been able to improve his run by quite a bit uh, in the last uh, couple of races uh, since since last year. So I expect him to run sub three for sure in 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 road. Um, yeah, but will be enough to win the race. Um, we'll be able to build a gap off. Um, the, uh, the others uh, on the bike that allow his run to come through, or will some of the strong bikers that we have in that list? I mean, uh, Ben Hoffman is no slouch on the bike. Uh, uh, Andy Dreitz was was pretty close to him. Andy Bierschele also wants to show. I mean, there's there's just the, the dynamics of the race in in route will also be extremely interesting. Uh, to watch, and they will also be covered live on on TV in in Germany, and there's also going to be a live stream available. So, next chance for you to have a uh, another training session.
1: <laughs> it, it is an awesome field. That's the thing. I mean, you you do take out the three big hitting Germans, but you're exactly right. That field. It, God knows who you should pick on that, you know, Bart Arnotts, he won won there two years ago, didn't he, I think, Um, Braden Curry has been, you know, was right up there in Kona and has crushed other races, so no, that's going to be a a fantastic men's race, we'll talk a bit more about that next week. On the female side of things there, um, kind of think it might be a bit of a Lucy Charles uh, dojo domination.
2: I don't think it's going to be dojo domination. I think we're going to have a similar scenario as we did last year where Lucy will certainly dominate the swim and the bike and be in the lead for a long, long time. But you've got Sarah Crowley on the start list. And um, if she manages to have another solid race with a similar strategy to what Daniela had last year, just um, nibble away on the lead a bit and then finally uh, have have the good run that Sarah is able to have too, uh, then uh, that could be a really really interesting race and almost a copy of the race we've seen last year between lucy and danny just with with sarah in in place there so that'll be an interesting one too um yeah the others uh lisa robert's probably going to come through uh, only on the run. That's an she impressive runtime. She
1: her, her predicted run time on tryrating.com is two fifty five. Fifty five. Um, yes. Outside of Reef, is that is she probably the um, have have the fastest sort of predicted run splits on your uh, on your rating uh, system? Yeah,
2: she's one of the the top rated runners. Uh, I'm not okay. sure who's who's at the very top right now, but Lisa's always right there. Um, she doesn't. Um, always race the biggest races and therefore is is not one of those names that might be too familiar to a lot of people um yeah and she's she's usually a good a fair way behind after the swim and bike mm. uh, but uh she's one of those that just mows through the field and a, a kona podium uh, podium in in road would be a great result for her mm. unfortunately laura Sadell won't be racing with her broken collarbone mm. um hopefully she she can recover in time for for kona and still uh, do well there, mm. but then you've got also got Rachel McBride on the list, uh, a bunch of other good swim bikers. So um, yeah, it's going to be um, a Lucy Charles show again for for a good part of the race. But it's not like like uh, she just she could just cruise for the win. Um, she needs to have a good performance there to um, be able to do that
1: two weeks of big racing looking forward to it so uh anything else to report on on, uh, one other question i've got you know this uh we will uh, ironman island will have taken place uh after we've um had this interview so it'll be next week what's your money do you think brownlee's going to be able to do it or not
2: (laughs) that's kind of impossible to predict right (laughs) (laughs) um i i think he's going to be in the mix um for at least 3 quarters of the race and I think we'll have a pretty good uh indication at about the the 20k mark of the run whether he's going to pull it off or not um I don't think he entered the race on a whim I think it was something that was pretty long in the making and I think he'll be um prepared for he'll know what he signed up for mm. um he's he's got a good group of people advising him, so I'd be surprised if he if he totally bombs out of the race.
1: Uh, I, I wouldn't be. <laughs> uh, this is going to
2: be after the race. So we we'll probably- whether, whether he's going to take the slot for Kona. Then that'll be a different different yeah. story again. But um, I don't I don't think he'll. He'll, he'll. Uh, I don't think he'll retire during the bike because it's, it's been too boring for him.
1: <laughs> By the time we this comes out, we'll all know what's happened. But I predict he's going to attack the race and then he's going to blow up on the run. I hope he doesn't because I'd love to see him in Kona. But I reckon he's going to be a little bit too aggressive. But uh, and the thing is, if he had, a, if it was a very soft field behind him, then he might be able to get away with a bit of bit of a blow up but when you've got brent mcmahon and marino van holnacker and a few others amongst it um yeah if you blow up and, and lose 20 minutes then uh, i don't think he will have uh, that much in the bank so good times always good to chat to you Torsten. um so i imagine the rest of your year is uh getting ready for for your big try rating re- report uh, later in the year anything else you want to get out there any other news you've got or any gossip on any athletes
2: <laughs> no i mean uh, already looking forward to kona um, I'll be on vacation in July and then hoping to clear have cleared all the decks by then to uh, come up with another copy of the Kona Rating Report. And I guess we'll chat uh, before Kona how the race is, pick, is uh, looking this year. <laughs> Sounds good.
1: Awesome. Guys, always check out TryRating.com. It's, uh, it's number one on my list of websites that come up when I check the news every week. So love your work and uh, keep it up thanks John. John your thoughts oh, it's going to be exciting times this weekend as well as we did talk about you will have just heard Bevan you won't have uh, Rote is also coming up the weekend after we'll talk about that it's a pretty good field as, as well, well isn't it oh, it's, it's an exciting yeah. field so I it's going to
0: be about a month ago Thinking, geez that's a good it's done well
1: it's going to be exciting racing for the next uh, two weeks so Rote is the weekend after so you got Primetime TV for, for two weeks um, in terms of lots of Ironman coverage. So exciting times. John Wanger of the Week. Wanger of the Week. So let me just pull that up, Bevan. Um, give me a number, Bevan. Give um, me a number. 28. 28. So last week, 28th place was PT. Did 17 hours of training, 2.32 on the swim, 10.37 on the bike, 4.39 on the run. It's pretty consistent. Let's see if we can find out a bit more about PT. He's from England in the United Kingdom. PT, uh, that's about all I can find out about PT. (laughs) It's got 50 50 people following him uh, and following 43. There you go exciting that was a good segment that, today that, really that really may, strong that's the best of all time really really strong it's better than the two second news
0: <laughs> um, okay questions <laughs> and answers it's good old Tim Hemings sent through a good one uh, just basically saying, talking about a race that he was at which was called the inaugural triathlon X extreme race on the 24th of May and it was he wrote a feature for the two twenty triathlon magazine it was a kind of a bastard offspring of triathlon X which has been the course records of 12 hours plus and 6 hours and it's, so it's extremely hard it was designed to be the world Hardest distant triathlon race, and it might have succeeded. Here are a few highlights 101 entered, only 15 started, including one woman, Sarah Welsh from Devon. All experienced triathletes, one finished. There was a 24 hour cutoff. It had 7,336 meters of vertical ascent. Um, geez, that's just you. Mm-hmm. Um, only topped, we think, by Evergreen 226 in Charmant.
1: Chamonix, uh, I don't think evergreen uh, is around any longer to be honest I know it was around but I'm pretty sure that's not cuz uh, so anyway so this may well be the biggest and they yeah. had about
0: 500 metres more of climbing. The winner, Andrew Duggard's time was 18 hours and 52 minutes. He swam 52, biked 8 hours and 33 minutes, and then ran 9.4. That's 9 a down his,
1: t- his run time was slower than his bike. He pulls his pants down, he spank his bottom. You can't have that happening.
0: Okay, well, you can do that, John. <laughs> uh, the bike had four mountain passes, including four over the hard knock at uh, 33% grade, the steepest road in Britain. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, the road went over uh, Halvillam. Uh One of the highest mountains in England. Twice, it was really fun at the start to at the start of the run. Uh, Nine made it to the run, beating the cutoff time, uh, but many got lost midway through the marathon as they were out with their support runners and zero visibility in the dead of night. Eventually, all but Andrew were cut off at the roundabout point in the marathon, about 27 miles into it. Um, they were unlikely to have made it back by the 8 a.m. cutoff. They're uh, running this again next year, and the event is already so uh, forty people signed up. So they have
1: a sprint, though they have all different distances there as well. So they have the extreme uh, long course race, but they also have, I think, an Olympic um, and a bunch of other distances. If you want to go check it out, it's in a beautiful part of England, up uh, near Ambleside. It's actually where. I lived a short amount of time. Did you do those rides? Uh, I did some of those climbs. Yeah, I wasn't doing heaps up there, but it's a, it's a yeah, it's a nice part of the country, and uh, weather can be a bit mediocre. Um, but I think yeah, this is just another one of these extreme races, and it does sound insanely hard. It's not my cup of tea, and that's not to say it's not a fantastic yeah. race. But going out and doing something uh, you know, for 24 hours doesn't doesn't really appeal to me. Going and doing something like this, where it's crazy nuts course for say a half Ironman distance, that probably appeals to me more rather than just slogging it out for a whole whole day long so um but yeah the cool thing is we've got lots of different options now so if you want to go check it out it looks like a pretty tough day
0: okay john we also got an email from david the green light kid now you you've actually got him a patron here but david rowe but it's just,
1: he, no we've, different we've
0: got two david Rows, have we
1: oh okay Okay, carry on. I'll explain that shortly.
0: Okay. Uh, I did Lance Grotty in 2013, and it was bloody tough. I then came back yesterday, so it was just after Lance Grotty. Nowhere near as fit as last time, and between this and the conditions, it was absolutely brutal. Since getting to the island in the week, the wind has been ridiculously strong, stronger than I've ever known, and he's been there five times. Race day was no different. Bloody windy. Really Bloody windy. Also, when they changed the course slightly last year, they've made it longer. In 2013, I measured 110 miles. Yesterday, on the new course, my Garmin, and those of a couple of other friends who raced, logged 113 miles 0.3. The wind, uh, it was windy out there. The descents were pretty terrifying at times on the aerobars. bars. The run was, as expected, hot, slightly undulating, and windy <laughs> and the first half of the run is bloody miserable a 13 mile long run out and back past the airport support was awesome on the run in the town the best bits of the whole day was the finish although the finishes t-shirts remind me of an 80s darts player shiny fabric
1: i've got to say you know because i'm finishers' t-shirts they need to up their game if you're going to do one do something decent i'm sitting here wearing one it's okay it's okay but yeah do something decent quality i've had some you get some oh the worst rubbish. one of all
0: time was Dakota. When I had a Kona, it yeah. was it was a it was like mass-produced Chinese cotton. Yeah. B, like I'm a I'm a I'm a medium, but I'm a pretty lean medium. Yeah. Medium was like your bloody oh,
1: sorry, even rocky. S- sorry. Well, I'll tell you I, about.
0: It was like I was I was wearing a tent.
1: Well, I'm shopping in Hawaii.
0: Yep.
1: Gotta <laughs> go to the kids section to get clothes that fit me. Really? I could, I was trying on smalls, and I, again, I'm not oh, your massive not, job. Not, that I'm Those tiny, guns. but smalls was ginormous on me. I was like, "What the hell?" And the guy, said, I said, "Have you got an extra small?" He said, "No, you have to go to the youth section." Oh, bloody hell. Anyway, David Rowe, nice work going back to Lanzarote. That is a course that I do want to go I'd love the look of that, and one day I'll get there. So David the Greenlight Kid Rowe, he came over to uh, Epic Camp Canada. I was actually wearing my Epic Camp Canada top today. It's Mate, you bloody got, you warm. You've got Epic Camp gear from all around the world. I do. So he had a great time over there, and he's a patron of the show as well. So oh. And I do actually didn't realise we'd already had a name for him, uh, so I've actually got another name potentially for him, so you can choose David if you're listening in.
0: Yeah, well, David, uh, the green light kid. That's it's a bl- great nickname. Great nickname. Yeah, we don't need to change that. Okay. That's that's. So, David, I think you
1: probably prefer that to the flamingo, which is what I was going to give you.
0: The flamingo. Why the flamingo? He's,
1: he's a tall, lanky fella, uh, David, and I just—I don't know. The flamingo just came to me. He's
0: a nice guy. He came here. He came here a few years ago. Did he? he? Came to my, my, when I said they were with us. Did he? Um, yeah, lovely, lovely guy. Yeah, I know. Just, I know. Just, just, just. Yeah, top top guy, really. David really. Sharon, his wife. Oh, Shaza. Yeah. Do the Poms call them Shaza? <laughs>
1: Don't know.
0: Because if, if, if you're Australian, yeah, Australia, Shazza. Shazza. Oh, it's a great name, uh, John. Just before we go into the last bit of the show, uh, we've got the camps that are filling up fast. Road's filling up, is it?
1: It is. So, if you want to come and do Challenge Rote next year, stop thinking about it. Um, we've got quite a few people already uh, signed up, so um, we've got some. Still got some spaces available, but uh, they're probably going to go reasonably quickly.
0: Well, let's talk about it, John. What is it?
1: So it, we arrive. So race day is on a Sunday, and we arrive and assemble the either Friday or Saturday before. Um, then we ride a lap of the course. Um, um, on the first day, which is you know about eighty k's or so, you're staying directly next to where the course, uh, directly next to um, what's the name of the hill, Solarberg Hill. Uh, so you really get to get a good feel of uh, the, the course. We go check out um, parts of the run course, so you really feel like you know where you're going. Then we head off to Regensburg, which is a beautiful oh, um, historic cool sort of town. Do uh, do a bit more you know, sort of riding and lake, plenty of lake swimming over there as well, and then. Uh, the pool swimming is amazing over there, these beautiful 50 metre pools, and then we head back to Nuremberg um, and we stay there for about three or four days before the race, so it's not like a big uh, epic type camp where you do loads of training. You will do more than what you probably would normally do before a race, but the advantage is seeing that course in road is massive. So from a course reconnaissance point of view, it's awesome, you feel nice and relaxed going in, you feel like you're part of a team that's going into the race. It's awesome. And the it's race like, itself is amazing.
0: A, John always puts on great camps, but B, you've got to know the race before you turn up to the race, which is mm. really important. It's a challenge, right? Come on. Yeah. You know, like just and, and that's the thing is, what's really great about the camp is it's a cool camp, you get like-minded people, it's heaps of fun, it's the right level of training that you're going to do before mm-hmm. the race, but it's also enough time that you can go out and see the local areas, mm. you know, like each day, you're, you're not training all, it's not like the proper epic camp where it's just like, all, day long. all you do is training. Um, but also one of the things, we, the thing we get from a lot of feedback from these camps is that Challenge Roach is special in itself, but people love, you know, when you're out on the course and you see the other people from the camp, mm. that camaraderie and that support and it's just, it'll be a life experience that you will just remember for the rest of your
1: life and for me the proof is in the pudding in terms of like the kona camp we did recently um half the camp was people that had gone and done wrote the year before oh, because really? they enjoyed it so much and they thought all right i want another one of those experiences i'm yeah. going to kona so we have also got the kona camp that i'm going to start organizing for next year so if you are keen to go see the big island in 2020 Awesome, awesome race, um, if you're thinking about the Kona slots, um, I was surprised this year how, how much rolling they did because people that were winning the age groups were often pre-qualified, uh, oh, okay. so quite a few of the age groups did roll, especially my age group. Uh, so if you are sort of towards the front of the field, give yourself a bit of a chance, you know, you might be looking at the results going, holy crap, they're fast, but a number of those people had already got slots. Awesome, awesome race and much like uh, wrote, awesome, awesome week and you get to see all of the big island.
0: And if you do want to do the, the I Am in Talk, or I Am Talk, I haven't seen that in a while, oh. uh, I Am Talk Challenge Rope, go to imtalk.me and if you want to do Kona, go to
1: EpiCamp. epicamp.com.
0: Okay, John Patrons.
1: So we're not going to give David the, the, uh, Greenlight, the Kid. Greenlight Kid, the Flamingo, but if you do really like that name, the Flamingo, feel free to get in oh, touch, on, David. Greenlight Kid's gold. Uh, next one, Bevan, you can help me out. I've, I've come up I with a name I like have come
0: up with, but Tom Ward is from, how do you say it? Cheltenham. Cheltenham. How do you get Cheltenham out of that uh, children there yeah, I jumped. suppose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, full just uh, full time uh, performance and triathlon coach as lead coach at Passion Fit Coaching and our team passion fit and it's passionfit.co.uk uh facebook passion for coaching insta passion for coaching specialize in helping building self-esteem and trauma and abuse victims through sports and exercise this is linked to my own personal experience with trauma a bit more about me and why i think try is mentioned oh yeah he wrote a really good article about this and i mentioned i put a link to it didn't i in
1: episode 666 and it's just really saying he's had a, a rough upbringing and an abusive um home environment for himself his mother as i think his sisters so good on you tom for bloody you know trying to somehow come out of that and, and help others so yeah really trying to specialize in and the sport helping
0: can transform oh. or does transform yeah. lives and, and yeah. to have someone like tom who is kind of helps kind of navigate that for people. It's really important.
1: And he's also uh, age group athlete himself, winner of multiple age group races, qualified for Kona and 70.3 Worlds as well. So well clearly yeah, going nice and fast. So
0: well, I, mean, I think it's a great nickname.
1: So the name I've come up with, Cheltenham, is a real hotbed for horse racing oh, in it? the UK. Okay. Um, especially the Cheltenham races. It's real. You, like,
0: I know you like gambling. Do you like well, the horses? Uh,
1: not so much. Uh. I, I do like betting on them, but I don't really know what I'm doing. My strategy... Three and twelve.
0: It's a bad strategy. Three
1: and twelve all day long. Because <laughs> uh, Joe's,
0: Joe's granddad had a strategy like that. He'd he we, do the horses every day. He'd yeah. do like five bucks a day. he kind yeah. you know, but then the strategy was the same thing. And I was like, well, where's this? There's not a strategy. It's a luck.
1: Sometimes works. And so <laughs> I thought, because he lives in Cheltenham and he's smoking it he's nice and fast, I thought the thoroughbred. Oh, so, Tom, the thoroughbred war. That's a golden, you nailed it, mate. You nailed it out of the park. Sarah Sutherland. She uh, has requested, to, she likes her n- nickname, Agent Smackdown, so we're yeah. going to stick with that, so thanks for coming back on the show, Sarah.
0: Yep. Jo- Tim Josephs. Oh,
1: hold on, I have to look up Tim, I've got he's got a name, but he's just come back on board, for, he's over in Kona as well, so I've just got to look up Tim's nickname. Oh, he's already got one, is he? Yep. Oh, okay. I think it well, was.
0: I was going to say the Messiah.
1: It's something to do with ice creams, he used to eat lots of ice creams. When he you used were over to? In Germany. When we were over in Germany, he ate lots of ice creams. Bevan, tell us Okay, some, I'll do something. the roundup.
0: I'll do the roundup. So sponsors,
1: John. Extreme and Classic
0: Buffer. And also our patrons. If you want to become a patron, go to www.iamtalk.me. It's all very obvious on the page. You get an I Am Talk nickname. You go to draw to come to Cone with the boys next year. And just support a show that's hopefully a part of your triathlon experience. Um, if you want to get some coaching, you can go to coachjohnnewsome.com. You can check out my podcast at bevanjamesisles.com. And if you want to send us some content like age group of the week, cool websites or other feedback, just go to website www.iamtalk.me and uh it's all very obvious on the website john
1: his nickname is i'm trying to find it on my list here tim but i'll come back to you next week tim okay. i think it's icy or something like that this is good yeah
0: yeah icy. Tim see okay uh john your goss
1: my goss nice day out there now nice. i'm about to go out there and do five hill reps up and down your bloody hill which is going to be entertaining which one uh so i do a figure eight so it's up hackthorn road all the way to the top about a Ten minute climb or so, so it's hills, hills, hills and then today. Down Diers, down Diers. Look back around. Why don't you do the first? No, I just like doing figure out. I like consistency. Just bang out the same thing. Boom, 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 boom. a swim this morning. So f- apparently, had a good day.
0: You, you your watch let you
1: down. My watch let me down today. Wow, well, my watch shafted me. Yeah, and, and a lot of watches do this, so I'm not alone. It's you know, you get out of the pool and you've swum for whatever fifty six minutes. And it shows 45 minutes of actual swim time. It's like,
0: Don't you hate that? I did a run a while ago.
1: Same last night, running. Ran for a 62 minutes. Watch, gave me, credited me with 52. I was standing around a little bit, giving some instructions.
0: I, I, no, I hear your pain, John, because I did a run of, oh, a couple months ago now, and I just kind of, I, I coached the, coach, the crew in the morning, and as I said that morning, I thought, i would just run home. And so Joe had the car, so I kind of ran home. I said, I just felt good. And I was like, I'm going to mm-hmm. go for it today. going to mm-hmm. go for it. I think I mm-hmm. averaged 340s, which for me is pretty good. Crikey. Right yeah. And, uh, Got home and I think I averaged 3 30s. I was maybe not now, maybe probably wasn't that fast, but but anyway, got home. I was like, Yeah, I'll put this on Strava. <laughs> <laughs> it screwed me. i lost a bit of the run, oh, no. so uh, yeah, I was, I was not happy, John.
1: Yeah, not happy. You wanted to you share know? your <laughs> triumph <laughs> with the world,
0: you know, if it was, if it was a six minute case, I wouldn't put it on Strava. Mm-hmm. But when you get the good ones, John, you put it up there.
1: What was your highlight of your holiday? Number number one, or no, you can, you can have a top three. I'll allow top three. See my daughter, yeah
0: she, she lives live in Bali anymore. no but she lives in Ken so we got her right. to come over she only spent a couple of days with us but it was good seeing her my daughter can talk mm. you're, like, you're like you I think I can talk where that comes well, from well my family can talk but mm. but my daughter's the next level mm. she was like she can talk mm. we got a little bit of Bali belly, but not bad <laughs> <laughs> not bad like I luckily I wasn't <laughs> shitting myself like crazy yeah but it was a bit watery that's probably too much information <laughs> <laughs> um I uh, spent time with my wife that's uh, three and then Sanua so we went Ubud, mm-hmm. we went Seminyak and Sonora. And Sonora is kind of a bit more like an island holiday, kind of mm-hmm. beach resorts, massages, um, food, food, good food, John. Because mm-hmm. in the last period of my life, I've broadened my food horizons. Joe's helped in that regard. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I was, as a young man, I very much kind of liked what I like and wasn't really open to much else. And recently I've really tried to expand mm-hmm. and, and like hot food and all the rest of it and... Uh, and yeah, great food. Have you been to the permit house? Do you like Indian?
1: No. Oh. Oh, no, I don't. No, I do. No, I haven't been to there, but I do Have like Indian. Have you been Indian. to Mumbai Walla? Yes, I think so. With
0: oh, the same owners, and they opened a permit house. We went there before we went away. Oh my God, amazing Indian, if you like nice. Indian. Anyway, that's about the extent of it, Jill. Good.
1: Um, just getting back into a groove. And Get into the groove. I sent my son out on his first uh, unsupervised mountain bike ride with some mates at the weekend. That was quite liberating. Send the boys out. Where'd they go? They went up, uh, did a big hill loop. There was three of them. Uh, so that was, that was good. Yeah, how, was, le- how old was that? 11, Tom's just turned 12, so they should be going out by themselves yeah, now. Yeah, but I guess they should. Yeah, but uh, we were, God knows what age we were doing, that sort of stuff, but I think there's a lot of kids these days that aren't doing things until they're bloody at high school. Anyway, so they went and did that. Also planted, went up planting some trees with them on Saturday. Which it up. What's they've what's got to do some community me? service for this little award they're going for. And so that means the parents have generally got to bloody get roped <laughs> into these things. And I thought this is going to, this is another two hours of my, my time that I've got to invest with Tom, which I'm happy to do. It's like, oh, there's other things I probably would like to do on this day, but it's actually quite satisfying when you go and plant some things. Do you know
0: what? I imagine it is really cool because
1: and the kids were doing it. They didn't need any assistance and it was great. We did it at Hallsville Quarry. Then the council did a fantastic job. They had a sizzle. They had a guy playing music there. Did a really so it was a big event, it. was it? Oh, was probably fifty people there. Cool. It was good. So now I can go back to those trees that I planted them. Do you've garden? Ah, uh, a bit. Yeah, it's <laughs> a reducing garden. <laughs> we we try to simplify things around our place.
0: Yeah. <laughs> why, why 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 reducing garden?
1: Well, we're not gardeners, and so we try to make it as measurement no, I mean free like, as, do you as do possible. Vegetables? Oh, and a planter box. Yep. Yep. Yep.
0: Yep. We've yep. got a little bit of a garden in your house. We're, I'm thinking about getting a planter box because I'm kind
1: of getting into it. Can you build your own planter boxes. Really? Yeah, yeah. You come have a look at mine. Okay, mate. You
0: man up, did you? Yeah, mm-hmm. so. we have to man up as well. Okay, John, let's wrap it up. I'm Russ. I'm Mendo. Train hard. Train smart Kick car. car.